We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Of the Rotowire NBA podcast, Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. It's Thursday, October twentieth. Alex, we have two days worth uh, of NBA action now under our belts. We got another two game slate coming at us on this Thursday night. Bucks Sixers is the early game, and then Clippers Lakers in the late window. But I kind of just want to jump around, get your observations. Um, you know, you you joined us on the Rotowire Sirius XM show last night, uh, kind of in the midst of of that twelve game. Wednesday night slate. I'm checking all my teams. I'm like, you know, constantly getting FOMO of guys who are going off on opening nights. I'm panicking that Alperin Shangun is coming off the bench behind yeah. Bruno Fernando. Uh, but, but like I said, we'll, we'll kind of go game to game or, or just kind of player, player to player. Anybody you want to mention uh, who, who caught your eye on opening night, uh, where do you want to begin? Well, I guess, I mean, you mentioned the, the Shangun thing. I guess we can just start there and kind of roll through. I, the fact that Shangun is not starting is, it was the most shocking thing, I think, to me over the past two days, like opening night and, and yesterday. Uh, I mean, people were drafting Shangun 40-ish, 50-ish. I, I mean, I think there's still a chance he, you know, is able to get near that value. I don't think he's going to be like a bust this season. He still had 15 and 9 in like 22 minutes or something like that yesterday. But we were all expecting, expecting him to play 30 minutes a game. And nobody was expecting... Bruno Fernando, who was basically like on non-guaranteed deals, he was struggling to make teams in camp. Like he's not really been an NBA player. In addition to that, Steven Silas barely played Tari Eason, who was like dominant in preseason, a monster, and played him 15 minutes a night, but probably only because Jay Sean Tate was out. If Jay Sean, Jay Sean Tate comes back in the next couple of days, I, I've heard Rockets reporters say Te- uh, Eason might be out of the rotation. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I I think we could maybe investigate Steven Silas for crimes against humanity, uh, starting Bruno Fernando at center. I, I it's it's something that if you aren't really big into fantasy, you probably didn't even notice. You know, it's the Rockets; they're a tanking team. Whatever, you know, just throw whoever you want out there. But yeah, you said it. I mean, Shangun is, is ADP. I think settled in like the mid 50s. There's a, a ton of hope uh, as far as what he could be this season, just based on his per minute production last year and the few glimpses we did get of him in extended minutes. And I haven't really seen a reason for it. I mean, you look at, he had six turnovers in 22 minutes. Uh, maybe, maybe that's a part of it. Uh, really careless with the ball. I uh, had three fouls as well. Uh, did, did still find his way to 15 and nine. That's the thing. It's like, he could play 22 minutes off the bench, kind of be a disaster and still be productive fantasy wise. But uh, yeah, I have him in a league where turnovers count. That was pretty awful. I don't really know how a big man turns it over that many times in that few minutes. Uh, but overall kind of a, I mean, it, it was a nice start. For Houston, uh, you know, they, they kind of hung in there with a pretty decent Atlanta team and, and the Hawks ended up pulling away. But, uh, you know, Jalen Green had a bunch of points in the first quarter. He kind of cooled off. 
Same with Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, Jabari Smith, really aggressive, 3 of 11 from 3 in this game. I, I thought he looked okay. Not a great fantasy night from him. Uh, but yeah, Shangun is the big takeaway for me on that side. For the Hawks, I mean, this really couldn't have gone a whole lot better. Uh, right. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray experience in game one. I mean, 23 and 13 for Trey Young, 20 and 11 for DeJounte Murray with five steals and a block. Uh, you know, they combined to go two of 14 from three. Luckily, you're playing the Rockets, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm still pretty skeptical of, of how this pairing is going to work, you know, especially like how much is Trey Young going to be willing to sacrifice, be willing to play off ball. But uh, one game in looked really good. Yeah, I mean, the it's a pretty soft matchup and they have another soft matchup against the Magic coming uh, tomorrow. But I agree. They both look good. The chemistry seems to be um, on point. Yeah, DeAndre Hunter also go off for 22 points. They didn't do much else. John Collins played 34 minutes. There were points last season where he was playing like 26, 28 minutes. Yep. Him getting 34 minutes is huge. He puts up 24 and 8. Um, you know, I think I think another thing people were watching for was the Capella versus Okongwu minutes split. Uh, Capella, 26 minutes, two points, eight boards, two blocks. Obviously not that good. Okongwu comes in 13 points, nine boards in 21 minutes. So, I mean, I think you can roster both guys in standard leagues, but it's just one of those things where I would, I would almost rather have both of them on my team than one of them. Uh, just, you know, kind of for the handcuff situation. But... Um, it's good that the the rest of the team is kind of panning out. If you got anybody else on the team, I think I think you're pretty happy. Yeah, I was thrilled with with DeAndre Hunter. I, I believe I have him in stake league. Uh, just kind of one of my like bargain bin buys at the end, who I didn't feel good about. But uh, yeah, he goes for 22. Like you said, didn't really add a whole lot other than that, and and only one three pointer to get to 22 points. So a little bit disappointing there, fantasy wise. You make a good point about Capella in a Kongwu. I've I've long been an Okongwu guy. I, I think he's better. I think he's a much better overall player. Uh, Close to an even split, 26 versus 21 minutes in this game in favor of Capella. Um, it, it really is one of the few true handcuffs that you have in fantasy basketball, right? I mean, it's it's more of a football thing, um, you know, to, to handcuff like Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris for the Patriots. But uh, it really does seem like I, I think they could kind of tag team this thing. And, uh, you know, Capella's been hurt on and off the last few years. So I, I think you're in really good shape if you got a Kongwu who's quite a bit cheaper in drafts, but even Capella, you know, was going really late. I think a lot of people kind of jumped off him after last season. Let's go to Orlando, Detroit, which was the first game to tip off. And I think maybe with the exception of Memphis and the New York Knicks, the most exciting game of the night, especially if you're someone like my, like myself, who just loves watching rookies, Paolo Carroll, 27, nine and five with two blocks. He was fantastic in this game. Jaden Ivey, Looked much, much better than I expected. Um, I, I'm not really feeling great about my Ivy won't be a top 150 player bet uh, that I made with <laughs> Shannon. He looked he looked great, had three steals in this game. That was one of the reasons that you know I was kind of backing off of him fantasy-wise was he just he wasn't a high steals player in college. He wasn't a high assist player in college, but really nice effort from him. And then not a big scoring night from Cade Cunningham, but 10 assists uh, on a night when Detroit shot 42% as a team could have had a, a heck of a lot more of those. So a lot of positives I felt like on both sides of this game, we've only hit a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich had a strong game as well. 24 points. He may end up being, I mean, I think he is the Pistons second best player. Um, he wasn't going very high in drafts. I, I got him in a couple spots. Uh, Jalen Duran, I Jalen Duran, huge off the bench, you know, with Marvin Bagley hurt. No, Nerlens Noel not playing during 22 minutes. 7 of 13 from the field for Durant in 22 minutes, 14 and 10 with three blocks. Um, I think they'll continue to bring him off the bench, but, like, you got to find a way to roster Durant if, if you're in a standard league. Like, you got to have somebody to drop to pick up Durant unless you you drafted, like, an amazing fantasy team. Um, and then, yeah, on the other side, you know, Cole Anthony gets scratched with an illness right before the game, so Jalen Suggs starts has a pretty good game, although he fouls out and commits four turnovers to his three assists, but shoots well. Um, and you and I were discussing, uh, we're, we might be a large, Terrence Ross might be back, um, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, he's one of those guys that it feels like he's, he's been like a little too old for the timeline that the magic are on. Like he's just kind of floating around, uh, but he's somehow going into his seventh year now with the magic and here he is yet again playing 30 minutes on opening night he hit a few threes just just doing what terrence ross does i know that i will inevitably pick him up on multiple teams this year i always do especially if you're in need of threes 
Uh, he, he is that guy and you know, kind of always seems to be healthy when, when the other guys are crumbling around him. Um, didn't see Cole Anthony in this game. He was scratched late with an illness. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he's back for their next game on Friday. Uh, we saw Caleb Houston, the rookie, played yeah. 22 minutes off the bench, did absolutely nothing, You know, not really viable uh, fantasy-wise, but still uh, something to monitor, especially in light of Mo Bamba only playing 12 minutes. He looked awful in this game. He was a minus 10, went 0 of 5 from the field, really didn't provide them with anything. Uh, got blown by by Cade Cunningham a couple of times. Uh, you mentioned Duran. I mean, I, we kind of want to see it again. I, I'm surprised how many minutes he played. And, you know, Nerlens Noel was not available. Obviously, Marvin Bagley is not available. So so when Bagley's back, maybe that changes. But uh, 14 to 10 with three blocks. Shannon called him the best rebounder he's seen since Andre Drummond, uh, which is a, a pretty oh, wow. big endorsement. Um, other than that, I mean, Sadiq Bay, kind of a disappointing game. He'll be up and down. That's just kind of how it goes. I uh, thought Wendell Carter looked okay. thought Franz Wagner looked really good. I mean, Orlando had this game. Uh, you know, they, they were up, I think, like 11 after the first quarter, was in really good shape and got really sloppy with the ball. I mean, their starters especially. Like, everybody had multiple turnovers other than Terrence Ross. But, um, you know, biggest takeaway for me is Kay Cunningham looks as good as advertised. Jaden Ivey looks good. Uh, Paolo Bancaro looks amazing. I, I think, to me, he looks he looks leaner. He looks more athletic. He looks stronger than he did uh, even around the draft and in summer league, like I, I'm just I'm blown away with with the athlete uh, that he's turned into because that was not really considered one of his major strengths coming out of college. It was like he's a good, not great athlete. Like I, I think he's almost turned himself into a borderline great athlete. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching a lot of you know, like when I was reading up on him and watching videos and stuff. He was in the post a lot, and I was like, is this guy even really that good of an athlete? Can he shoot? Yeah, some of that may be how much freedom was he really given to kind of like, he's like running pick and roll and stuff like that for, for Orlando and kind of playing this bigger, uh, I don't want to say it's like Giannis esque, but um, it's, it's LeBron esque in some ways, like the sure. way that he, yeah. like he kind of has that same type of frame. I mean, obviously he's not going to be LeBron, but just in, in terms of the way he he plays, like his jumper kind of looks like that uh, the way he rises up, like that's, that's kind of what it reminds me of like this big bodied uh, power forward who, who, like you said, can, can kind of act as an initiator in the half court. And he's, I mean, he, I think he can go really far with that because he's, he is so proficient down low in the paint. And a lot of those guys, like they, they aren't patient down there. They're not great with the hook shot, but he can do all that stuff too. So I think, I think he does have a really high ceiling. Like we all thought he did. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, th- I think his immediate ceiling might be even higher than I thought. Yeah. I, you know, liked him long-term, but um, yeah, I remember James being really aggressive and, and grabbing him in stake league. And that looks like a genius move right now. NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed digital collectible of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. Top Shot's 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace makes it easy to find all your favorite players and teams. Once you find a play you've been looking for, you could buy it in a couple of clicks and add it to your collection. Now, I hear all the time, why would I buy something I could watch on YouTube for free? I tell those people it's not about watching the highlights. It's about having ownership of the NBA's greatest moments. Owning NBA Top Shot moments could get you access to unbuyable, once-in-a-lifetime experiences, like hanging out with Detroit Pistons rising star Cade Cunningham or getting an all-expense-paid trip to the NBA Finals and the NBA Draft. Sign up for NBA Top Shot today and kickstart your collection with a starter pack where you could pull a moment of a superstar like Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or rising sophomores like Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley for just $9. Head over to about.nbatopshot.com slash rotowire to get in the game. That's about.nbatopshot.com slash rotowire. The NBA is back. On behalf of Vivid Seats, let's get one thing clear. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team beat every other team live and in person to the sound of thousands of screaming fans. Vivid Seats believes that real fans deserve to be rewarded and that you deserve a ticketing platform that not only makes it easy to find great deals, but also rewards you all season long. Vivid Seats is the only ticketing company where you can earn rewards with every purchase. No one else has that. They even have a 100% buyer guarantee that your ticket will be as legit as your love for the game. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today and use our promo code ROTOWIRE for $10 off your first purchase of at least $100. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE, R O T O 
W-I-R-E, for $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. It's easy to find LeBron James statistics from last year. With a quick Google search and a visit to basketball reference, you can see that he averaged 30.3 points per game. But that raises more questions. Is he the oldest player to average 30 points in a season? Who's had more 30-point-per-game seasons than LeBron James? How many players averaged 30 points but didn't win MVP? To answer those questions, there's StatHead. StatHead was created by the people who make basketball reference to give you an easy way to explore their database and answer those kinds of questions. In StatHead, there's an array of simple tools that unlock an endless number of search options, all using the same easy-to-use interface that you already know from basketball reference. Plus, StatHead lets you browse basketball reference ad-free. Sign up with the promo code ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E, for $20 off an annual subscription to StatHead. Believe me, you will not regret it. I use StatHead all the time. It is fantastic. StatHead.com. Check it out. Well, let's go to Wizards Pacers. We're just going to go in order that the games are listed for me uh, on ESPN.com. Wizards 114, Pacers 107. Not a ton of takeaways here. Uh, you know, I, One of the bigger ones, I think, for fantasy is Will Barton came off the bench behind Denny Avdia. Avdia gets hurt pretty much right away, goes out of the game, doesn't come back. Uh, so I don't know that we got a great representation of what that rotation will look like. However, it does sound like Avdia is going to be able to play in their next game Friday. So that, that should give us a, a better approximation. I mean, to me, the, the biggest takeaways from this game are more on like the pacer side with you know, Duarte starts, he plays 19 minutes, um, one for three. What's that about? You know what I mean? Like, Matherin, um, uh, he, I guess he had to exit the game. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think Duarte got hurt. Duarte got hurt. But either way, either way, Benedict Matherin comes in, plays 28 minutes, 7 of 15 from the field, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. Matherin just continues to cook, uh, takes a ton of shots when he's in as he was in preseason and he looked great in summer league too. So I think he's someone in, you know, in standard fantasy mm-hmm. leagues that you have to have at least on your watch list, if not yeah. add. And then, um, miles Turner misses this game and is going to be out for a week because he stepped on a ball boy's foot. And, uh, instead of Isaiah Jackson getting the start, they Carlisle shifts Jalen Smith over to center. And then they put in Terry Taylor into the starting lineup and instead of Isaiah Jackson, who people were drafting like 90th or 100th in some leagues, hoping that he would play like, you know, 30 minutes a game when Turner is not healthy or gets traded and Jackson plays 16 minutes and does nothing. Yeah, it did get a block at least. But yeah, that was <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of up there with the Shangun thing where you're like, all right, this is a little strange. Uh, Terry Taylor to me is like one of the most anonymous players of all time. Like, is yes. there anybody... Anybody outside of like hardcore fantasy basketball people who even know who Terry Taylor is, know anything I, about his past? Like, I, I mean, I had never even heard of him until last year. All of a sudden, he starts playing minutes for this team. He went to Austin P. It's like, okay, like never heard one good thing or bad thing really about that program. Um, but yeah, that's something to watch. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton looked good in this game, 26 and seven. I think, you know, no surprise there. Buddy Heald had four threes, uh, kind of par for the course. With Matherin, I, I think it's only a matter of time before he starts, whether that means they trade Buddy Heald or he just usurps Duarte. I mean, he's just a better option. And I think the direction of their their season is going to dictate that. But even if he's coming off the bench, like I don't think that's the worst thing. Like He's going to play a ton of minutes. Like There's no one else on that bench unit that can do anything close to what he's doing. Like The other bench players that played in this game for Indiana are O'Shea Brissett, Aaron Neesmith, Isaiah Jackson, Goga Bataze, and TJ McConnell, like he's when he's on the court with that bench unit, like he's going to be the guy. It might almost be better for him to come off the bench for a while. I agree. Yeah, put him on your watch list. If you're in a deeper league, you have to add him. Uh, I'm trying to find his. He's 66% rostered in Yahoo, 19% rostered in ESPN. Um, you just got to you got to pay attention to him. Yeah, the only other thing I have from this game is Anthony Gill started the second half uh, over Will Barton after Avdia went out. So I, I don't know if that's if they just want to keep Will Barton to run the bench unit or, or whatever that means, but uh, something to monitor. Kyle Kuzma, 22 and 13, by the yeah. way, with two blocks. Uh, he looked pretty good in this game. And then Brad Beal, 23, 6 and 5 on 19, uh, or 9 of 17 shooting. Excuse me. Uh, let's move to 
Let's go to Pelicans Nets. Weird yeah. game. Uh, for one, I was shocked that this was not the ESPN <laughs> game. Like, how is this not? Like, I know I that know. with Nick's, Nick's Grizzlies, that's a fine pick too. But like, this was such an obvious one to me that like I was shocked. I went to ESPN thinking I would thinking this game would be on, and then I had to go to League Pass to find it. Uh, but this was a wire to wire beatdown by the mm-hmm. by the Pelicans. The Nets made a little bit of a run. Um, uh, I think it was in the second quarter, and it you know kind of went from an embarrassment in the first quarter to somewhat of a close game. Uh, and then the Pelicans put up 40 points in the third, and that was about it. Um, other than Kevin Durant, who had 32, 3, 2, and 4 blocks for KD, a uh, pretty disastrous game for, for the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie was awful in this game. Ben Simmons did absolutely nothing, ends up fouling out in 23 minutes. Um, yeah, Obviously, the, the Lakers' performance against the Warriors was pretty alarming. I, I feel like this was almost more alarming. For the Nets, and I think it was covered up by the fact that there were 11 other games happening, whereas on Tuesday night, all eyes were on the Lakers. Yeah, I so I actually think this is a pretty bad matchup for for the Nets. Um, you know, New Orleans is one of the best or project to be one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league. They're strong defensively. They have length to guard against Durant and they got some uh, they got like Alvarado. They can throw against Kyrie like I I'm pretty high in New Orleans this year. But yeah, this. And and that's evidenced by, you know, New Orleans had 21 offensive rebounds in this game um, and won the turnover battle. So they took 102 shots compared to the Nets' 89, um, which is pretty ridiculous. But yeah, I, I think it was pretty much, as far as the, the Pelican side goes, no surprises for me. I think everybody did, like, exactly what I, I expected them to do. But yeah, for the Nets, you know, KD and Kyrie, they did their thing. Kyrie didn't have a great shooting night. Um I, I mean, we still haven't seen Seth Curry and Joe Harris. It sounds like Joe Harris is going to play in the next game. Uh, not sure as much about Curry. I assume that'll just mean like fewer minutes for Patty Mills and like Sumner and Cam Thomas, who got bench, uh, kind of bench, cheap bench, bench minutes. But Dayron Sharp plays 23 minutes, basically the same as Claxton. I think that's something to pay attention to. Sharp went one for eight from the field, which is uh, ridiculously bad for a center. But eight rebounds, two blocks. I know people are really high on Claxton, but Sharp also like came into the league with some pedigree. And I mean, they're trying to win. So they're going to play whoever's performing for them. Yeah, he went a uh, Bam Adebayo-esque one of eight from the field. <laughs> uh, Bam, Bam was just horrific early on in that game. Ended up turning it around a little bit in the second half. Uh, yeah, I don't have a ton of takeaways for the Nets. Uh, it sounds like they should get Seth Curry back um, within the next couple of games. And I think Joe Harris is going to play on Friday. So that changes things a little bit, but yeah, a little bit of an alarming performance. Obviously if Kyrie plays better, this is probably a closer game, but uh, offensively, I mean the, the Pelican starters, especially got whatever they wanted to be like Herb Jones was like a plus 34 in this game. Like it was, it was the, the Pels bench unit that, that kind of let the nets back into this and, and made it a little bit less of an embarrassment. Um, 25 and nine for Zion, four steals for Zion. That's huge. Three or four at the line. Um, and then I think most importantly, Brandon Ingram able to coexist like he ends up leading the Pels and scoring 28 points uh seven boards and five assists so that, that was one thing I really wanted to see was how does the return of Zion impact Brandon Ingram and, and can he still be you know this high-end producer and yeah through one game the answer is definitely yes yeah they both had 30 percent usage rates it's interesting it's funny to me Zion went 11 for tw- 22 I watched like half this game and I feel like I did not see him miss a shot um yeah, I but, think all yeah. I think all of his misses were just like putbacks that he ended up getting the rebound and then putting it right. in. Which, you know, classic, classic Zion. But um mm-hmm. yeah, excited for the Pelicans this year. Yeah, they're gonna be extremely, extremely fun. And I sit we're still waiting on Zion to have like what is his best highlight in the NBA at this point? I don't know what it is. Like he's I feel like if you if you ranked like his hundred best highlights, all of them would be from high school and college. Like he's still yet to truly emerge, I guess, in the in the sense that like you watch John Morant. And he's doing like fake around the backs, you know, for, yeah. for layups and like like Zion has this kind of showman element to him, and we just we haven't seen it yet. Like in the NBA, it's been more the brute force element, too, instead of the dunks and the, and the high flying. Like at some point, that'll come. The more games he plays, but uh, yeah, Pell's are going to be a lot of fun. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bulls heat. Uh, Bulls end up winning this one on the road. Game. Miami was just dreadful in this game. Like other than Jimmy <laughs> Butler, nobody played well. Like Kyle Lowry, complete disaster. Bam Adebayo was terrible. Uh, Tyler Hero, who actually started this game, that's notable. Um, you know, Hero and, and Butler were the only two that really showed up for Miami. And of course, Dwayne Dedman, who you know, five of six <laughs> from the field, eleven points. Uh, I, I've long maintained he was the best player that the Heat had in that series against Milwaukee. I think it was what, two years ago now, but um, yeah, I mean, DeMar DeRozan pick it up where he left off. Yeah. I mean, the, the big story of this game um, for the bulls is Levine. And I think that's worth discussing. I mean, Levine misses this game surprisingly, and they say it's knee maintenance and he may also miss the next game. <laughs> um, and I love it. Load managing the first two games of the year. He, de- I mean, he dealt with this knee injury for like the most of last year. They put off surgery. He gets surgery in the offseason. He plays in the preseason. is seemingly fine, and now he's he's out again with load management. If I if I drafted Levine in fantasy, I'm like worried actually already. And like, I don't have him, so you have to take what I say with a grain of salt. I might be looking to trade him to someone who doesn't really understand what's been going on the past two years with Levine's knee. Yeah, trade um, him to someone who does not have internet access, if possible. Yes. <laughs> that is basically, yes, fax in the trade um, to whoever it is. I, I'm I'm worried about that. But so one, what ends up happening is Caruso gets the start. He goes two for 10, doesn't play that well. Dasunmu looks pretty good, 17, 6, and 4 with two steals and a block. We always talk about like sophomore guard breakouts. He's someone who could fit on that list. He's just a really smart player, knows what he's doing, high efficiency. Um, and Kobe White you know, comes off the bench, plays a little bit. But, um, you know, the Patrick Williams thing, 28 minutes, two for six, just such a low usage guy. I know Shannon was high on him. There's still a chance for him, I think, because they don't really have any other, like, guard. They don't have any forwards that are great defenders. Um, So he's going to be on the court, but I don't don't see a lot with him. He's a low usage guy. I mean, he's like their Isaac Okoro, where it's like, you mm-hmm. know, I like all the other pieces around him. Your job is to go out there and like not take shots away from DeMar DeRozan and not take shots away from Desumu uh, and Nikola Vucevic. Huge start for Vucevic, 15 and 17 with three blocks. Um, I, I feel like I drafted him like every year except for this year. I backed <laughs> off. I kind of thought, I thought he showed signs of decline last year. I, I didn't think he was the greatest fit. Um, and obviously, you know, when Levine's there, he's probably not. Uh, getting quite as much usage, but took five threes in this game. Andre Drummond, just doing normal Andre Drummond things, uh, played 15 minutes off the bench. I think you and I both know at some point, Andre Drummond is going to be starting. Like whatever team he goes to, like the center inevitably, like something happens and and Andre Drummond ends up playing a much bigger role. So he's somebody too that I I was always grabbing with like the last pick at a draft because, you know, if, if, if you're in like a Miles Turner situation, you never feel bad about throwing Drummond out there because even if he plays 15 minutes, he's still going to find a way to, to not give you a zero. Yeah, I have Drummond in the um, 
NFBKC Roto Wire Championship. I got him on, you know, on the bench just in case. Oh yeah. Um, and I have him in our in our like five team best ball league that we that we drafted like two months ago. <laughs> I, I drafted about that him, league. I, I drafted him like two hundred, um, which is perfect. Um, but yeah, he's he's someone that yeah he's he's always mm-hmm. a candidate. Even if he plays twenty minutes a game or eighteen minutes a game off the bench, he's still going to be like a top one fifty player. Yeah. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And still relatively young too. I mean, he like physically, it really shouldn't be much of a drop off. Let's go to Cavs Raptors. This was a really fun game in Toronto. Came down to the final seconds. Uh, pretty much everybody was productive outside of Darius Garland, who ends up leaving this game in the second quarter. Uh, took an inadvertent shot to the eye from Gary Trent, who was kind of kind of reaching out trying to grab the ball. Ends up hitting Garland directly in the eye. Uh, Garland did not practice on Thursday. He said his eye was completely swollen shut. So, it could, I mean, not something that's going to keep him out long term. I don't think there's an actual injury here. But obviously, if, if his eye, if he can't open it for Friday's game, then he's right. probably not going to play. But either way, I, I don't think this is a major thing to worry about. He did have five turnovers in 13 minutes. I don't know, just a, a little jittery, perhaps, on opening night. But really good showing from Donovan Mitchell. 31 points, nine assists, two steals. Uh, obviously, had to pick up the slack once Garland went out. Uh, Evan Mobley, you know, looking pretty good at a steal and a block with 14 points. Jared Allen had a double-double. And then the Toronto Raptors, who uh, I, 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 we were talking about this the other night. Like I, The Raptors are the team that I target more than any other team. And I, I feel like in fantasy basketball, it, it doesn't apply quite as much as other sports where you know there could be productive, good players on any team. But you just know that the Raptors are going to run this short rotation. And that's, once again, what we saw. You know, Every starter played at least 32 minutes in this game. And Four of the five played 34, and, and three of those played at least 37. So, um, you know, really good nights all around for Siakam, OG, Barnes, Van Vliet, and Trent. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any, you know, hot takes about the Raptors, but I think the point you make is really good. Like, there's, you can win a lot in fantasy by just targeting guys uh, on teams with defined short rotations who are trying to win, and you know, get some position flexible players. And you're going to do really well. Like if you targeted a bunch of Raptors and you targeted a bunch of like Portland Trailblazers guys, teams like that, you're going to do pretty well because the floor is so high on these guys. Yeah, and and for the most part, all those guys have pretty good health track records. Um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe at some point that changes. But I grabbed a, a lot of Scotty Barnes. Uh, got Fred Van Bleet in a couple leagues and a lot of Gary Trent. Who I I, I feel like it's the I guess it's the field goal percentage that that really kills it with him. Like his his overall rank is never that impressive, but he racks up a ton of steals and he hits a ton of threes. And there there aren't a ton of guys out there uh, who who have that combination. But great starts for for all those guys. I I remain you know, very envious of, of people who have Pascal Siakam. I, I think I only landed him in one league. I don't think I have any Siakam. No, I have zero shares of Siakam this year. So that that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah it is what it is. Just never never quite landed in the right zone. Uh, Knicks Grizzlies. This one went into overtime. Uh, kind of an ugly game uh, on both sides. Some some late turnovers. Some some pretty rough shots. Uh, Cam Reddish emerges out of nowhere, hits a game tying three. Uh, also hit the basically game losing airballed three in overtime. Uh, that that kind of handed things to the Grizzlies. But twenty two points off the bench, three three pointers, three steals for Cam Reddish. I, I you know I don't think I'm going to be jumping out to to grab him like Santi Aldama who puts up 18 and 11 for the Grizz and plays 39 minutes. Like that's somebody that I will try to grab. He's going to be widely available. Reddish. I, I think this is probably going to be looked back on as a, a flash in the pan type of game. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I don't think I'm going to be grabbing him. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've pretty much always been off of Reddish, so I couldn't agree with more with what you said. This really was the, the Alex Perutha uh, stake league bench hall of fame game. Because I have both Isaiah Hartenstein and Santi Aldama on my bench this week in Stake League, which is a 16-team league. Hartenstein plays 40 minutes, Aldama with 39. I, I think we have to put some of it in context. Mitchell Robinson gets in foul trouble. Again, not a surprise. That's what he does. He's, he's always hurt and he's always in foul trouble. So Hartenstein ends up playing 40 minutes, plays really well because he's a per-minute guy. That's who he's been. Aldama, 39 minutes. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks was out for this game. And uh, so was Zaire. Um, Zaire Williams didn't play in this game, so I don't. I don't think Aldama is necessarily going to be like a thirty-minute per game guy until Jaron Jackson gets back. I think he'll probably be closer to like twenty-six to thirty. But um, 
He looks really good, man. He looks really good. And I think he's going to basically see backup center minutes too uh, behind Adams. So he can hit threes. He can block shots. He can rebound. You got to pick him up. You got to pick him up in fantasy. Yeah, I think he his roster rate is going to skyrocket over the weekend when when a lot of waivers run. And, you know, if, if you're in daily lineup league, he's probably grabbed overnight already. Um, I don't have a lot of other notes. I mean, John Morant took a ton of shots in this game. He was 11 of 24, got to the line 11 times, was a little reckless. Uh, you know, got called for a charge on, on a layup late in the game that that might have won it for Memphis. That's some pretty bad turnovers late, ended up with six of those. But that's kind of what you live with. Uh, rough night for Desmond Bain, three of 13 from beyond the arc. Well, he he brief, briefly left this game with an injury, came back, uh, but still finished with 16 and six. So you'll, you'll take that. It was a rougher night for RJ Barrett. Three I was going to say it. I didn't want to bring it up. I was about to move on. <laughs> <laughs> three for 18 with two turnovers and three assists. He did grab eight rebounds. Oh, yeah. And hey, five of six from the line. That's very good for RJ Barrett. But yeah. uh, Evan Brunson didn't play that well either. You know, I mean, this was a pretty sloppy game. Both teams shot like 40% from the field. So, um, you know, it's I, I think I think there'll be improvements all around. Uh, yeah, I mean, if R.J. Barrett shoots three of 18 every night, uh, we're going to be in, in some pretty big trouble. Uh, I, th- I thought Brunson was fine. Did He did miss a, a wide open three from the corner late in the game. That would have been a big one, but still pretty encouraging. You know, 15 points, nine assists, six rebounds in his Knicks debut. Uh, let's go to Thunder Timberwolves, uh, yeah. a game that was closer than I thought it would be. Uh, looked like Minnesota was going to run away with this one, and, and the Thunder have a big third quarter, climb back in. Uh, but eventually, you know, Minnesota able to take care of business. Great game for Gobert. Great game for Jaden McDaniels. Pretty good game for D'Angelo Russell. Uh, our concerns about Carl Anthony Towns, I, I feel validated already. I feel a little validated, although he did have seven assists, um, which is good. So, I mean, I, I think there's a chance he turns into more of like a like an offensive hub. Like maybe, but that's still not going to be good, right? Like if you draft like a fifth overall and he's a guy that averages – you know, 20 points, eight boards, five assists. That's not what you're looking for. Um, and he only took 10 shots overall. Um, but yeah, the, you know, uh, Jacob McDaniels look pretty good. Um, you know, their bench is kind of nothing. So that's another, another team good to target. Timberwolves, they're, they're uh, a starter heavy team. For the Thunder, SGA looked great. Um, you know, I know some people are concerned. Over the injury, I grabbed him like 50th in, in NFBKC. Um, has goes for 32, six and five with three steals and two blocks. Uh, Josh Giddy gets the double double. Poku starts at center. I guess they're like, well, we don't have Chet Holmgren, so let's just start the guy who most looks like Chet Holmgren. Yeah. And um, you know, the Jalen Williams didn't really do a lot. Um Ended up leaving with an injury, I believe. Um, I got to check on what that was. I remember getting the notification. Yeah, he uh, a right eye injury. We had we had like three guys leave with eye injuries. We had a couple mouth injuries as well. Uh, weird. You know, g- good night for avoiding major injuries, but kind of a weird night. Uh, a lot of uh, I don't know what do you call it, like mucous membrane injuries. <laughs> is the eye a mucous membrane? I think it is, right? Uh, sure. Well, we could yeah. say so. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like orifice, but that that just sounds gross. <laughs> that implies completely other things. <laughs> Uh, Hornet Spurs. Do we, do we want to do this one? <laughs> My goodness. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it deserves, there's some, there's a couple things that deserve mention here, right? So LaMelo, LaMelo is out. So Terry Rozier gets a start at point guard. Ubre only plays 23 minutes, mm. but jacks up 10 shots. It's fine. PJ Washington, a really strong game, 17, seven and four with three blocks. Gorgon Hayward plays well. We get 19 and 10 from Nick Richards off the bench. Uh, with eight offensive boards, I think that's something to keep an eye on at least yeah. because Mason plus twenty eight. Mason Plumlee is not that good. Um, and then for the Spurs, you know, we kind of got what we expected from from Kelvin Johnson. He took seventeen shots, grabbed eleven boards. Vassell didn't play very well, three for fifteen. Uh, Trey Jones only had two assists. That's a little concerning. Um, very weirdly, Zach Collins came in for twelve minutes and had four blocks. Not really sure what to make of that. Yeah, came in, immediately blocked four shots, and then hit the showers. Right. Uh, James Book Knight played in this game. I'm just now realizing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just assumed. Yeah, I just minutes. assumed he was like out on leave or like. No. How is he not suspended? Uh, that I mean, whatever. That that's good for him. He went <laughs> 0 for five from the field. Did not score. Uh, Dennis Smith, a, a, a plus 28 
tonight. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that he's going to be in the rotation when LaMelo comes back, but uh, maybe a DFS guy to look at for a couple nights. I mean, this I, honestly, this was a, a statement loss by the Spurs on opening <laughs> night. Like other bad teams like the Jazz are like blowing out Denver. Uh, you know, OKC's hanging in there with Minnesota and then the Spurs are losing by 30 to another bad team. So, um, you know, already got a leg up. Every game counts. Already a leg up for Wembenyama. I mean, <laughs> Dennis Smith and Nick Richards played the same amount of minutes. You know, Steve Clifford was like, these guys have these guys have chemistry. We're putting them out. We're running Dennis Smith Jr., Nick Richards, pick and rolls, 21 minutes. It's going to dominate the game. But yeah, definitely a statement loss for the Spurs. Um, looking forward to see how he, uh, to, I, I don't know how it's going to work out, man. But I think if you got Keldon Johnson, Trey Jones, Jakob Pergel, Devin Vassell, I think you should feel fine overall. They get the Pacers on Friday. That'll that'll be a fun one. Oh yeah, uh, kind of a tank off type of game. Kelton Johnson did have a very cool slam dunk in this game. I will give him that. <laughs> uh, blue right past Gordon Hayward, who has the worst haircut in the league right now. Yeah. Um, so that was going. Cool. The Spurs uniforms looked very cool as well. So two positives there for San Antonio. Uh, Nuggets Jazz. I would say pretty easily the most surprising result of the night. I made the Nuggets my best bet in our article uh, to cover seven. They ended up losing by only twenty one. So. Mm. A uh, little bit of a miss there. Uh, I did have Terry Rozier over, though. Uh, that one hit, so uh, kind of a bit of a wash. But yikes, man. I, I mean, for one, this was one of those games where like Utah shot the lights out early on. Um, you know, obviously, Denver didn't play well, but but Utah was hitting everything for a while. And I, I think Denver uh, was not prepared for that, you know, that early avalanche. And you know, they were down big at the half. They were down 20-plus at halftime. Uh, did make a little bit of a run late in the second half, but never really got all that close. And... You know, Jokic played well. Aaron Gordon played well. Not the most encouraging debut for for Jamal Murray, or the most encouraging return, I should say, for Jamal Murray. And and the Nuggets bench was in shambles. Uh, you know, Jeff Green, other than having a huge dunk, uh, didn't really do much at all. Bruce Brown uh, was a pretty big negative. DeAndre Jordan was a minus thirteen in six minutes in this yeah. game. Uh, a sharp reminder that the Nuggets do not really have a backup center. This was a really sloppy game. 41 combined turnovers and the Jazz shoot 42% from three. So I, I don't know how much you can really take away from this game. But like you mentioned, Jamal Murray doesn't play that well. I have him in a handful of leagues. And that's that's something that's more like, you know, he's got to shake the rust off a bit. I'm not that worried overall about him. Uh, but you're right. Still was pretty discouraging. I know a lot of people drafted Bones Highland, kind of hoping for like a six man of the year thing. He plays 16 minutes. That's not a good sign. Bruce Brown plays the most minutes off the bench with 21. Um, for the Jazz, I this rotation, one of the most baffling rotations I have ever seen on like an opening night. Olenek gets the start at center, plays 15 minutes. Uh, they have five Sext- fouls. Yeah. Well, yeah, he wasn't going to guard Jokic very well. So Kessler comes yeah. in. But how much is he even going to play at all anyway? Sexton comes off the bench, plays 21 minutes, still puts up 20 points, five rebounds, two assists. Um, Rudy Gay plays 26 minutes in this game. Like, why are you not just giving those minutes to Taylor Horton Tucker, who played yeah. 16 minutes? It's just, I really don't know what to do with this team. I mean, if you drafted these guys, I think they're all holds. Like, I have some Beasley. I drafted Sexton. I have I have some Olenek and, you know, I have some Conley who played 32 minutes. So, um, but if you drafted like Horton Tucker and Nikhil Alexander Walker, I see what happens these next couple of games, but it may not, it may not be a thing until later, like this year. And you may not have time to like keep those spots on your bench occupied by them. You know, I remember the 2013, 14, 76ers, which was like kind of right when the process really started getting underway. I believe that was uh, Sam Hickey's first year. They beat the Heat, the LeBron Heat, on opening night. Uh, started three and zero and finished the season nineteen and sixty three. <laughs> so that's kind of the, that's the template here for the Jazz. That was the big MCW game, right? Uh, I don't have the box score in front of me. I, I, I very well could, in a matter of moments. Let's see, opening night. Uh, yeah, MCW twenty two twelve nine steals in that game. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, that's locked into my memory. The, the Heat had 19 turnovers, and nine of them were Michael Carter-Williams. Steel. That's insane. <laughs> he also um, only had one turnover himself. Yeah, he's the GOAT. Uh, all right, let's go to Mavericks Suns. 107-105 in favor of Phoenix. They were getting smacked around 
in this game. It looked like the, the, the Mavs were going to win this one by 20. Furious comeback by the Suns. They win the second half big. Um, and it ends up being Damian Lee, who's hitting like clutch shot after clutch shot down the stretch. Luca had a chance to win it late. Uh, you know, kind of it was one of those just extremely predictable shots. You know, he kind of did his usual stroll up the court, step back like 40 footer from the left wing, ended up just a little bit short. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Dallas controlled this game, uh, put up a ton of points in the first half. At one point, Christian Wood scored 16 points in a row. Uh, <laughs> you know, it just looked like it was worst case scenario for the Suns. And for some reason, they they didn't start Spencer Dinwiddie in the second half, despite being up like 15 plus at that point. And it, it felt like for whatever reason, that's kind of what let Phoenix back into the game. I, I, would, I would also like to clarify that at some point during the offseason, they said that Dinwiddie would start. Then they said he would come off the bench and then he started this game. So I don't really know what Jason Kidd is up to. And then you mentioned Christian Wood having the game of his life and then like sitting late. Um, he had a 39 and a half percent usage rate in this game. I mean, I was I was scared to draft him where he was going, which was like 50 or 60th. But he is the team's second best player. He is. But I mean, some of the shots he was hitting were like long, you know, pull up threes. He went three of 10 at the line. So I do think a lot of the flaws that have always held him back are still there. I, I'm okay with. I stayed away from him completely. I'm I'm okay with yeah. that. I I just I also think he's just like a combustible guy. Like I I just don't really trust that everything's going to go really smoothly, especially coming off the bench. Um, so I'm not I'm not really panicking there. But yeah, weird coaching by Jason Kidd. Like, all right, you're up 17 at halftime. All right, let's switch up the lineup. Some wasn't working for us. <laughs> and like, what like, what are you doing, dude? Like, it was just it was really weird. Really really weird. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they just had some bounces not go their way. Luca didn't shoot well in the second half, uh, had, had a couple like layups kind of rim out and they had some bad turnovers, but, uh, all in all, I mean, honestly, this went from a like super concerning opening night performance for the Suns to like this kind of rousing, you know, bring everybody together type of victory. So it was, it was a complete 180 over the course of 48 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, we saw Cam Johnson. You know, he started, played 27 minutes, 15 points. Yeah, he looked um, good. He looked good. Yeah, Chris Paul, not looking great. Six points, uh, did have nine assists, uh, one of six from the field. Just, I don't know, He physically he looked fine. He just looked a little he looked a little slower to me, I guess, and, and that's to be expected at this point. But uh, if the last couple of years have taught us anything, he'll, he'll, he'll be all right. Uh, one more game, Trailblazers Kings. I watched a ton of this game. Uh, I, I was for, for some reason unable to cast it to, to my TVs, so I had to you know look like a peasant and watch it on my laptop. Embarrassing. Uh, a little concerned by what Damian Lillard looked like in this game. He was one of eight from three, five of eighteen from the field. Obviously, shaking off some rust. I, I think he'll be okay. Um, but I know some people like Bill Simmons was firing off tweets, basically saying Lillard's done. He, he looks like he's lost a step. I don't know if I go that far quite yet. Uh, but I you know I'm depending on him pretty big. In stake leagues, I, I need him to be like a, a top 15 guy. Did have eight assists, did have two steals. Um, you know, the rest of the Blazers, I, I thought actually looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant, 23 points, eight rebounds. Josh Hart just did his usual Josh Hart stuff. Uh, I mean, Nurkic was pretty rough in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't feel good about the, the shares I have of him. Uh, but Anthony Simons looked good and uh, Shane Sharp, even 12 points off the bench in 16 minutes. Yeah, I think Sharp is going to play for them. I mean, they they don't have Gary Payton right now. Um, and I believe they're missing someone else, or maybe... No, not really. I uh, Yeah, I mean, Lillard... I mean, he still got to the free throw line nine times, you know, which is good, and, and that's encouraging. But yeah, I mean, I I, have, uh, I got a decent amount of shares of Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart, Anthony Simons. Feeling pretty good about that. Trailblazers are always a team that, you know, have played a pretty short rotation. Their bench is terrible truly bad so if you can find a way to maybe trade for some of these guys in the starting lineup that makes sense the kings you know i they don't have keegan murray right now because he's in protocols i think you look at i mean they started casey akpala the other options at forward are like trey lyles off the bench metu didn't even play at all um herder yeah. had a pretty nice game i mean yeah, Dova's on this roster people forget yeah. Yeah. And so the Kings were a team like I don't I don't I don't know if they even have a single Kings player on any of my fantasy teams. I was just kind of worried about like the usage rates on the team and you know, I, I don't like their spacing and stuff like that. But 
Um, I don't think you have to be like worried about anybody that you drafted on this team right now. Now, kind of a quiet night for Sabonis. It was very much the De'Aaron Fox show in this game. Can't confirm it. He played well. I mean, he was five of nine from three, hit some pull-up threes, did have eight turnovers, and a lot of those came late. That was that was a big issue for him, but he played. He had a really, really good first half. Kevin Herter, six three-pointers. He has a headband now. That's kind of a cool addition. Uh, didn't see much from like Malik Bonk, Davion Mitchell. Those guys both kind of struggled. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, who was, you know, kind of forget, like, wasn't even with the team at the end of last year, had like that weird, like, I think it was like a domestic, uh, like assault accusation or something. Uh, but he, he's basically the backup center now played 15 minutes. Um, really, I mean, with the Kings, it's, it's Sabonis and Fox. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what Keegan Murray looks like whenever he's back. I know he has cleared protocols, right? So I, I assume he'll play this weekend. He was at practice at least. So I assume he's, he, you know, he cleared protocols. Yeah. I mean, I think he has a chance to be their third best player. Oh, he's um, yeah. So and I, I love what I saw from him in preseason. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Kings play Saturday against the Clippers Sunday at Golden State. I would imagine Murray plays in, in one, if not both of those games. And then after that, three off days uh, until the home game against Memphis on Thursday. Uh, anything from Tuesday night's games that you want to hit? I mean, it, it feels like the NBA season moves so quickly that those games already feel like they were a week ago, even though it's only been two days, but uh, obviously very alarming for the Lakers. Other than that, uh, not, nothing too major for me. No, I mean, uh, there was an update uh, while we were recording that it sounds like Draymond and Clay are going to have their minutes restrictions like extended for like two weeks. Um, okay. So if you have Draymond and Clay in fantasy, as I do in a good amount of leagues, you might not really get more than like 28 minutes a game out of them for a while. Obviously, don't panic. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, the Celtics, I don't know. Their their rotation without Robert Williams, they don't really have a backup situation there. I mean, thought Hargan looked good for Philly. Um, you know, obviously we mentioned the Lakers bench. The Lakers, like, after AD and LeBron are, are awful. Um, no, like, huge takeaways from those games, though. I'm pretty confident LeBron is going to turn this into the scoring record year. That will be, yeah, that'll kind of be the only thing. That'll be the goal. I, I don't think the title is remotely within play at this point. Uh, although I'm sitting there watching Brooklyn lose by 30 to the Pelicans. And I'm like, eh, I, I think this is kind of what the Lakers are hoping for. You know, like Kyrie demanding out midseason. Like that's, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they need something like that. They need some sort of catalyst um, in, in order to, to like find a, a truly season changing type of trade because as much as I actually think like Buddy Heald and Miles Turner would be really good fits, I, I don't think that makes the Lakers uh, automatically a title contender. And, and I mean, the depth is the biggest issue by far. Like this is such a bad bench. Like last year's bench unit, like you thought Wenyan Gabriel starting at center was bad. Uh, I raise you, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson and and Matt Ryan playing big minutes off the bench. I mean, it's it's horrific. And it looks like LeBron knows. I mean, even in his postgame comments, he was just like, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't do this. <laughs> Um, I mean, Palinka, it, it's inexcusable. I, I know Bill Simmons brought up like legitimate idea. He's like, I, I think Palinka put this roster together in order to force LeBron to ask for a trade so they could just do a rebuild. Uh, that's what it feels like. I mean, it's it's as badly constructed around LeBron as it looked like it would be on paper. Uh, the only other point I'll bring up, we should probably mention James Wiseman, who looked pretty good in this game. Oh, yeah. um, but looked, looked stronger, looked more willing to to kind of get in there, mix it up, had seven rebounds, a uh, couple nice finishes inside. However, he did go 0-4 at the free throw line. So if this does become a situation where, I don't know, let's say Draymond gets hurt or Looney gets hurt and all of a sudden, you know, he's playing 25 minutes a night, could be really valuable for, as a rebounder, should shoot a really high percentage, going to block some shots. But um, we don't we don't really have enough of a sample to say for sure. But I, I think he could be, I mean, potentially like a, like a Hassan Whiteside type of free throw shooter. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be like over 60%. I, some of it could have been jitters. You know, this is his first real game in a very long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I don't blame anyone for who took a shot at Wiseman, you know, after pick 100 or so in, in fantasy. Um, he When you watch him play, it's easy to forget how great of an athlete and just how long he is. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the lobs that he can catch. The rolls, like you, you know, pick and roll, you get him the ball, he can just kind of lay it up over the rim super easily. So he has a really high floor as a player. It's just a matter of like, can he get 20 to 24 minutes a night consistently? Uh, I don't know about that. 
Are there any players who you immediately just like wish you had on more rosters, even though admitting fully that we're completely overreacting? Like, who are the guys watching last night where you're like, oh my God, I, I wish I would have drafted that guy? I mean, we mentioned Siakam. Yeah. You know, he's on that list. I wish I had more of him. Um, I don't know. I mean, DeRozan, maybe. You sure. know, I mean, some of that, some of that is like, we didn't necessarily know about this Levine thing, but I think, I think people started getting a little too, like we all kind of decided like, well, DeMar DeRozan can't do that again. Yep. Um, and it's like, I mean, he could probably get close. Yeah. And he might like, be the new Chris Paul. Yeah, exactly. It's like, he could probably get close. And it's like, if you can get him like 25th, like, are you really going to get burned by that? No. Um, but I just never ended up with him, you know, cause I was shooting for upside on a lot of these picks. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Is there, is there someone that really stands out to you that you wish you had more of? Well, I'm already regretting Damian Lillard and I, I can't remember nah. exactly who was on the board. I mean, we'll see, we'll see with him. I just, I don't know. It, it didn't look great. Um, I, I kind of wish I like, like Kate Cunningham is for sure on the list. I, I, I much like Siakam. I was, I felt like I was always like it would be a slight reach if I took him and I, I kind of wish I would have just taken that plunge. I, I think like the effortlessness with which he generates assists mm-hmm. was really obvious. And and maybe part of that is you're playing the magic. So we'll see. But I, I think he's going to have a huge, huge year statistically. Um, you know, I, I think you, you took a chance on Brad Beal and stake, right? Yeah. I have a couple Beal. I have a couple Beal yeah, shares. I, I wish I would have bought in there. Um, not even necessarily based on last night. I just think he was going for way too cheap based on what his long-term upside is. Um, but no, other, other than that, I mean, Siakam is for sure the big one for me, but I, I do feel like I made up for it by, by grabbing all of the other Raptors. I also don't think I got any John Morant. And part of the reason is I, I just worry about him getting hurt. You know, last year he missed 20 plus games. You know, he took a huge fall, uh, late in that game last night against the Knicks. Like I, I do think that's going to be an issue, but man, when he's on the floor, like he just, he racks up points and assists. He's become a much better shooter, a uh, good free throw shooter. Like I, that, that, that's a big one for me. And then the other guy. In that same game, I'm sitting there watching Julius Randle put up 24, yeah. 11, 6, and 2. And like, I mean, you could get Julius Randle like for free in a lot of drafts. And I, I feel like I I kind of fell victim to his reputation taking such a big hit. But it's like he, I mean, if he if he can become like 20% better than last year and kind of land somewhere between his last two seasons, he's I mean, he's gonna like fly past where he was being drafted. Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, after doing a few drafts, it really, to me, felt like the draft fell off around picks around round seven or mm-hmm. eight this season. And and Randall is going in like the 60s. So he's almost going to the point where people are like taking flyers. And it's like, well, Randall's better. Randall's better than that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he was basically free in the 50s or the 60s in a lot of these drafts. And, um, you know, yeah, he had, a, he had a really strong night. I, I only have one share of him and one share of Morant in my nine leagues. Um, and, you know, I think that's fine. But um, I should have got more Randall because I think he was severely, like, underpriced. I do feel like Morant, people were reaching on him. But at the same time, like you mentioned, is he's ridiculous, man. Like, he's, he's, almost, he's like 30 and 10 regularly. So I can't, you know, it's just... I mean, anything you say about him is kind of nitpicking, but I didn't want to draft him as high as he was going necessarily. I have a deep, deep respect for for guys who implement street ball moves into NBA games. Oh, and yeah. With, with like Baron Davis and that whole crew kind of graduating out of the league. Uh, he's become the preeminent street baller in the NBA, and it's, it's super fun to watch. Um, all right, let's cut it off here. Uh, you'll be back tomorrow with Ken and Shannon on the Friday show. You'll recap the two big games on Thursday, and uh, you and I will talk next week. You're going to be on the Sirius XM show every Wednesday. Uh, so if you're listening to this pod, make sure you tune into that. We'll have Alex on uh, for 15 or 20 minutes to talk hoops every single Wednesday. So very much looking for looking forward to that, dude. And uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.